Have you ever wondered if you could be offering a faster, less buggy application experience for your customers? With Raygun Application Performance Monitoring, you've got all the information you need right at your fingertips to find and fix errors and performance problems across your tech stack down to the line of code. Raygun makes it easy to monitor the impact of your performance improvements, quickly identify and resolve issues, and see how your code performs in the hands of your customers, saving you time, money, and sanity. Visit Raygun.com and join thousands of customer-centric software teams who use Raygun every day to deliver flawless experiences for their customers. That's Raygun.com to get started on your free 14-day trial. Welcome back to .NET Rocks. This is Carl Franklin. And this is Richard Campbell. Happy to be back. Uh, man, buddy, it's, it's been a couple of weeks. What's, what's new with you? How's, how's the pandemic treating you? Uh, the, uh, the wife got, uh, we're locked down again. Of course, everybody's in a third wave kind of surge, so restaurants are closed. Mm-hmm. Uh, wife got her first injection on uh, like X. They're now doing injections in the pharmacies, and so... Uh, there was a little overflow, and so we, folks ran up there, got in line, and got she got her first round. I don't qualify too young. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, we're not we're not quite there yet. But I'm in the next block. You married an older woman. I did, but not that much older, right? A couple of years. Couple we were at just the, literally the threshold. Yeah, yeah, fifty five. And we're planning in earnest for Dev Intersection. So for yes, June. I know. I've I've submitted some talks. I can't wait. Now you're this Dev Intersection is going to be a. In person and streamed, right? We're calling it a hybrid, yes. Uh, and of course, we don't actually know what the pandemic situation is going to be by June. We have to plan now. So right. we're just dealing with all the contingencies and trying to follow, follow all of the rules, yeah. the legal requirements. Mm-hmm. But when you look at the rate of vaccination right now, it seems like we have a pretty good chance to really pull off an in-person show. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping yeah, I'm, I was encouraged by recent news that uh, a study showed that uh, once you have been vaccinated and, you know, a couple weeks after, you can no longer be a, a carrier. Like, you, mm-hmm. you, as, soon as, it, as soon as the virus hits your system, the antibodies go to work and it's destroyed before it can replicate and do anything. So, so you can be safe if you're vaccinated without a mask. And, you know, even if you then go into the company of people who are not vaccinated, you're not likely, you know, 90% or whatever, not likely to pass it on, which is great. Yeah, I'm hope- I, I'm very hopeful. And uh, it's challenging. You know, a month ago, we looked wa- far worse, even though there's an upswing now. I think the best piece of news in all of this is even if you just have one dose of these vaccines, mm. nobody who's had a single dose has been hospitalized right. for the illness. Yep. So, it, it, from a public health perspective, it, it dials everything down. So, uh, I'm hopeful. It's good news. We, you know, what we'll do, we got to do. I'm, I hope June works out. But even if, and if June doesn't or whatever happens there, Vegas in December, man. I mean, yeah. I think we're really, that's going to be swinging. That's going to be. And, you know, <laughs> I remember the first conferences after other worldwide events. Yeah. Uh, like 9-11 and things were really interesting. Like they, there's a real, well, it was, but also a real warmth. People 
we forget how much we are social creatures. Oh yeah. And, uh, and that we, we miss these things. And this has been a year. It's crazy. I right? think we've uh, been starkly reminded of how much we are social creatures during this, during this pandemic. Um, yeah, I saw sure. an old friend that I hadn't seen in a year and a half and, you know, the hug lasted five minutes. It's just like, you know, yeah. I can't, that's how that can't happens. believe I found somebody that can give me a hug, you know, it's like, yeah. Uh, all right. Anyway, well, awesome. you know, that's a good, good positive way to start this off and to continue the positivity. Let's roll the music for better Noah framework. Awesome. All right, man. What do you got? Couple of new podcasts in the pop empire. Er. Yeah. One of them is called You, Me, and PD, and that's PD as in Parkinson's disease. Oh, wow. And that's you, me, and PD.org, hosted by our own Jeremy Lickness. Oh, right. And his wife, Doreen, Jeremy, um, contracted late onset Parkinson's disease like last year. Mm-hmm. And uh, so... Uh, it's it's kind of a human story, not just from the perspective of a of a Parkinson's patient, but um, you know somebody who's caring for that person as well. Well, which I think is a, a powerful combination, right? Like because it's it's not just who is ill, but those around them and how they and how they work with it. Yeah. So, and Jeremy's a great guy. Jeremy He's is a awesome, super, yeah. super guy. And also, you know, part of the Xamarin Forums ecosystem and mm-hmm. part of the Blazer ecosystem and, uh, you know, a really, really smart and deeply caring person. Uh, so, the second one is another DevExpress sponsored YouTube show like Blazer Train, but it's more general and it's called The .NET Show. Nice. And believe it or not, the D-O-T-N-E-T show.com was available. <laughs> After all these years. Can you believe that? All those domains. Yeah. It's very And funny. I was like, no, I can't call it. How could I be so bold as to call it the .NET show? Um, <laughs> it's crazy. So, I basically, you know, I looked in, in, in the Wayback Machine and the only thing I could find called the .NET show was some Channel 9 content back in the, oh, back yeah. in the early aughts. And it was all irrelevant anyway. So, you know, it's everybody's moved on. And I called out to our friend Scott Hunter and I said, hey, Mm -hmm. man, do you think there's any problem if I use this moniker? And he goes, you, not a chance. Go for it. So, yeah. So, that's going to be at the .NET show.com, obviously. And I'm going to be starting, uh, oddly enough, with Xamarin Forms. Interesting. And in fact, James Montemagno is going to be my first guest. Oh, you're breaking, you're, you're our breaking policy. I thought it was Patrick Hines was supposed to be our first guest. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think he does that not anymore. I don't know what he's doing, but. No, he's a security guy. I'm he actually, is a security he's working, guy. He's, he's got his own podcast now. He does with Cyprian called Entangled Things. They're talking about quantum computers. Oh, that's so cool. And it doesn't surprise me a bit. No, and I'm scheduled to be a guest on their show, actually. But they're they've got they're like two, three episodes in. I'm going to be coming a little later. Oh, uh, wow, 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 wow! All right, well, that's the yeah. new hotness. Go check it out. And uh, Richard, who is talking to us today? 
I grabbed a comment off of show 1689, the one we did back in May of 2020, you know, in the pandemic times, with Kenzie Whalen, and we were talking about Uno. And, of course, that broadens to a general conversation on XAML, Xamarin, mm-hmm. all of that. But this comment was, I think, especially relevant. This is from Devin Goble, who said, The promise of cross-platform tools is great. Build once, run everywhere. Yep. Tools like Uno, Xamarin Forms, and now .NET MAUI mm. allow smaller teams a much broader reach. There's one kind of expertise that seems to get glossed over, and that's all the nuances of the native design language. Sure, I can use these tools to make a control look native across several platforms. However, it still seems like you need an expert in iOS, Android, and the Windows UX mm-hmm. to show where and how to use these controls in a way the user expects. Yeah. There's an incredible opportunity here for these cross-platform tool sets to help developers, quote, fall into the pit of success. By doing the right thing on each platform. Also, it would be nice to see cross-platform documentation that helps the developer understand things from the perspective of a cross-platform developer instead of as a single-platform developer as each vendor seems to assume. Mm. A good start is a good start is the documentation from the Xamarin team. In many cases, their documentation of iOS APIs is far better than what comes from Apple. Mm. There are incredible things in the horizon, and I beg the tool vendors to not let JavaScript win this one. How do you say that word again, Richard? <laughs> JavaScript. JavaScript. <laughs> JavaScript. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Very nice. Chesterfield. Uh, so, Devin, I mean, first off, you, there, you are making a presumption that people prefer to have apps in native design language mm. as well, which I think is a reasonable assumption, although there are plenty of products out there that aren't. If I'm making a corporate app, and I need to run on iOS and Android, I'm I'm less worried about following iOS and Android design guidelines than I am making the app the same across all devices, so I only have to teach it once. It doesn't matter what platform they're working from. Mm. Uh, you know, and that's part of the, the policy conversation you're going on into there, as opposed to maybe a publicly facing app. Although, if you look at the Facebook app, the Facebook as, app is the same on all the platforms too, right? They've decided that they have their own design language, and that's how that's going to be. But I do agree that there's an opportunity to do a better job on the nuances of each of the platforms uh, because nobody can be an expert in them all. I just discovered that NPR listeners apparently want to build apps because really? I heard an ad on, you know, one of my local NPR stations for some app tech cho- uh, app building technology that I've never heard of before. You know, they had a weird name like Zubel or something. It wasn't that, but, you know, it's just some crazy <laughs> name. And, yeah. you know, the whole thing was build apps with no code. So, apparently, NPR listeners are just chomping at the bit to build apps without code. I don't know. It seems like everybody yeah. wants to build an app nowadays. Yeah, I don't know the answer to that. Uh-huh. I don't know if it's that cool of a thing or not. But I don't even know if it's true. It is what it is. They just might want to advertise. But. So, Devin, thank you so much for your comment. A copy of Music Code Buy is on its way to you. And if you'd like a copy of Music Code Buy, write a comment on the website at .netrocks.com or on the Facebooks because every show is published there. And if you comment there and I read it on the show, we'll send you a copy of Music Code Buy. Car going by. <laughs> and definitely follow us on Twitter. I'm at Carl Franklin. He's at Rich Campbell. Send us a tweet. Or uh, George Washington gets it. That's an inside joke. You'll have to go to the dot net show.com to find the dot net show reference. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let me, uh, uh, all right. So let me introduce our guest today, Gerald Versless. Uh, 
is a software engineer at Microsoft from the Netherlands with years of experience working with Azure, ASP.NET, DevOps, Xamarin, and other .NET technologies. He's been involved in a number of different projects and has been building several real-world apps and solutions. Not only does he like to code, but he's also passionate about spreading his knowledge and as well as gaining some in the bargain. Uh, Gerald involves himself in speaking, providing training sessions, and writing blogs, which he blogs at blog.verslu.is, or articles, live coding, and contributing to open source projects in his spare time. Twitter, JF Verslus, website, uh, gerald.verslu.is. Welcome, Gerald. Hey, thank you for having me. Hi, it's so good to be here. Thank you. Thanks for being here. And uh, it's really fortuitous that we started this whole thing off with a comment and a new show about Xamarin Forms. So, uh, what, is there anything that you want to address for that uh, comment that Richard read? Oh, so, you know, it's it's such an interesting space because I totally get that. But, you know, uh, I feel that it's totally true what you said, Richard, like you cannot be an expert in all mm-hmm. these things for sure. Uh, but I think along the way, you kind of need to pick up on all the platforms, depending on which route you're going to take. Um, mm. Like you said, like the Facebook software world, you know, they have the power to just do their own design system and just force that upon you. Uh, the interesting thing about Xamarin Forms is that, you know, they were mapping um, the, 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 the abstract layer bits to native bits. And I say were because, you know, you see that kind of changing right now, uh, mm-hmm. with, with .NET MAUI and also in Xamarin Forms itself. Uh, but I think it doesn't hurt to have a little bit knowledge of the platform that you're, um, developing on. Uh, because, you know, at the end of the day, it's Xamarin and, and all the other, um, solutions for that matter. Uh, what they do is try to, you know, um, abstract away all the things that you would have to do natively. Uh, so under the hood, that's still happening. And whenever you run into an error, um, that is good that you know all the things about .NET and, and C Sharp and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but, you know, if you suddenly see uh, Java errors or Objective-C errors, then you're going to panic. Um, so it, it, it yeah. will still be good to have some kind of knowledge there. I remember in the early days of Xamarin Forms, that you had to do a lot more stuff in the main activity or, you know, in the, the in, you know, even at the Android level or the iOS level to do things, um, simple things that you think that the platform would abstract. And then as Xamarin Forms got more and more robust, I think even James Montemagno came out with this library that, you know, does all that stuff, but you can do it in the Xamarin Forms app. You don't have to go down into the, uh, you know, you don't have to go down into the, to the separate operating system layers. So more and more stuff is finding its way up. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of the thing, right? Because, um, there's, there's this separation between, it's, it's going to be confusing be, between Xamarin, which is called like traditional Xamarin now, which basically provides right. you with the, the bindings. <laughs> if you want to write everything yourself. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. That's just, you know, creating native apps, but doing it in C sharp and dot net. That's, that's what traditional mm. Xamarin is. Uh, and air quotes. Um, yeah. Uh, but if you go into Xamarin forms, what their challenge is, is to, you know, like you said, servers, all these things to an even uh, abstract layer where you can just say, Hey, I want a button or a label. And they're going to do all the hard work to translate that button or label to 
um, the native counterpart of that stuff. Um, and yeah, so yeah, that's what I always thought Xamarin Forms was about was this approach abstracted those absolutely. platforms yeah. so that you just declare a button and it makes you an iOS button or an Android button, you know, whatever you need. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's the main idea. It's, I consider it a main uh, evolution of Xamarin. You know, it it says forms, in other words, thinking that it's all about UI, but it's really a layer where the native stuff, and I'm talking about, you know, like the the compass and the, you know, the devices that are, that are ha- the hardware, right? Getting mm-hmm. access to that hardware. Those things are even abstracted into the Xamarin forms layer. So that isn't forms, right? It's, it's really the state of the art for, for Xamarin. Yeah. So Forbes is targeting UI. Um, specifically, like you said. Um, so, you know, with, with again, the traditional Xamarin, you could do all the things and Xamarin Forms is a layer on top of that, which right. um, allows you to also do the UI. And the, the, the devices and the libraries that you mentioned by James Montemagno, he had several of them, uh, yeah. hundreds of, no, not hundreds, but a couple of them, uh, separate libraries Bunch for the them. compass, for the flashlight, for all the, the, the sensors that you could come up with. Um, yeah. And they are now combined in what is called Xamarin Essentials. Um, yes. And we're probably going to talk a little bit about .NET Bowie, but that library is also going to be incorporated in .NET 6 and is going to be under the, I don't know, system devices is the last I heard. Maybe the namespace mm. changed, mm. but it's just going to be APIs inside of the .NET yeah. 6 framework. Um, and that's going to be really cool. Very cool. Well, it's cool now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and speaking of now, uh, and before we get too much into Maui, Maui is the upcoming hotness, as we have mentioned time and time again. But right now, people are, I think, maybe a little confused about whether, you know, is the classic, uh, is Xamarin Forms dead, right? I mean, you know, these questions come up all the time when things are evolving. And will I be able to move my Xamarin Forms code to Maui without too much trouble what does that story look like yeah so i totally understand that question because you know i uh, typically interact with developers who are on the cutting edge and you know who just try all these things but there is uh, i think even a bigger group of developers you know who make a living out of this so i yeah. totally understand their concern with like um, what do I have to tell my customers about this story? So totally understandable. Yeah. Uh, I think we've tried to communicate it through different channels, but I'll, I'll reiterate it here. No problem. Um, so Xamarin Forms 5 is the last version of Xamarin Forms as we know it. Um, uh, but it will okay. evolve, um, is kind of a hint to the evolve conferences that was, uh, Xamarin's thing before <laughs> it was acquired by Microsoft. Um, yeah. it will evolve into .NET MAUI, which, um, uh, firstly shows, I think, the commitment of Microsoft because that always has been a concern too. Like, uh, is Xamarin forms, uh, Microsoft is building apps in other techniques. How, what's up with that? Um, so I think this this shows commitment from Microsoft into this framework by putting it into .NET 6. It's not going anywhere. So the first thing that's going to mean is basically, uh, um, well, let's just say they copy-paste, of course, not exactly that, but they copy-paste the uh, whole Xamarin Forms code base into .NET MAUI. And of course, they have years and years of learnings with the good things and also the bad things. So they're obviously going to get rid of the bad things um, uh, 
keep all the good things and make them even better. Um, so architecture wise, there's definitely something going to change. There will be a couple of breaking changes, uh, but they're also creating all kinds of shims uh, that should make the transition from your Xamarin Forms app to a .NET MAUI app as simple as possible. There will also be, I think, a try convert tool. Try to, convert, yeah. yeah, exactly. So they will try, as the name says, try to convert your Xamarin Forms application. Um, I'm going to be honest, there's probably going to be work for you to do. Absolutely. Especially if you have like custom renders. And this is already assuming that you know a little bit about how Xamarin Forms works. Um, so then- if I have a Xamarin Forms app, I'm sorry, if I have a Xamarin Forms app in the app store now, mm-hmm. is it one day just going to stop working? Absolutely not. No, you know, if you have a binary that works, then that's fine. Uh, you are going to have to worry about that whenever a new iOS version. So that's probably going to be right. in September uh, or Android version. But I think they're a little bit more backwards compatible, typically. Um, then but how long go- will the Xamarin Forms stack remain in, uh, you know, in Visual Studio so that I can keep... Uh, managing that or at some point are you going to force me to upgrade to maui so that's my question yes okay uh i understand uh so the 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 official communication is uh i'm sure in one of the shows you've talked about uh the new release cycle of dotnet 6 so dotnet maui ga is planned for dotnet 6 which is november 2021 Uh, xamarin forms Mm -hmm. 5 is going to be supported a year after that uh to november 2022 um, which means service releases, that kind of stuff. And whenever yeah. iOS comes with a new version, have new APIs, they're going to uh, fix that. Um, so you can still but after upgrade. a year. Yeah. So, yeah. but after a so. year, you are kind of like forced, or at least you know, there's no support. So whenever it keeps working on iOS versions, that's great. Uh, but don't expect any support beyond that. But yeah, to your point, at some point, Apple's going to break. <laughs> yes, it because Apple breaks. Apple that. breaks. They like. do that yeah. routinely. Yeah. Yes. They broke and our so apps. You, you, yeah. You, you hit the real issue, which is sooner or later, Apple's going to break it. And after 2022, you're not going to fix it. Yeah. That's, right. that's kind of the deal. Yeah. But, well, it's going it to be fixed open in source. And it's open source. <laughs> it's open source. So right. if you feel like it, you can compile it, fix it yeah, yourself. Fix it yourself. Yeah. So, um, but here's another question. Uh, what if I have third party controls or community controls? In my in my Xamarin Forms app, will the try convert tool also update those, or will those vendors or community uh, contributors have to do their own conversions for their uh, z- for their Xamarin Forms tools, so and turn them into Maui tools? How's that going to work? Good question. Good question. So, uh, uh, to, uh, maybe it's important at this point to say that, uh, you know, I still love Xamarin. I've been at the Xamarin Forms team for a little while. It's not my day job anymore. So I'm, I'm oh, trying okay. to keep up with all the stuff. Uh, but <laughs> okay. uh, so let me say that I'm not officially speaking for them, uh, to, yeah. to be absolutely clear. Um, but I think the try convert tool, like I said, there will be, um, okay. So maybe back up a little bit. Yeah, the Xamarin Forms, um, uh, as it works, is it works on renderers. So like we said, uh, Xamarin Forms, whenever you say, hey, I want to show a button on screen, that is your abstracted button. And then it's going to translate it to a UI button, which is an object for iOS and an Android dot button for Android. Um, and that's done by renderers. So the renderers will basically take that abstract button and all the properties that you've assigned to it, and it will 
um, map that to properties for native iOS or Android or UWP or you name it. Um, those renderers are going away because that fitted the paradigm of Xamarin Forms perfectly with mapping all of the things mm-hmm. to native uh, controls. But now you see that, uh, you know, people want that more unified design over uh, different platforms. Um, so that is changing a little bit. And also the renderers weren't just that great to override, to, to customize. Uh, it yeah. had some performance overhead. So what they're transitioning to in .NET MAUI is called um, handlers. Uh, so it's 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 still mapping, of course, the properties, but it's a little bit different. With um, uh, they're they're stuffing some interfaces between them, which uh, people seem to be happy about too. Other people are not, mm. but you know that's the way it goes. Um, yeah, and that kind of also eliminates the need to have it tied to MVVM that kind of stuff. Anyway, I'm I'm drifting off. Uh, as to your question, they're going to try to be as backwards compatible as possible because, you know, they know that there ha- are a lot of Xamarin Forms apps out there. Um, so right. they're going to have some kind of compat layer or shim or whatever you want to call it um, that right. will take those handlers in .NET MAUI, um, uh, kind of project that onto a renderer structure that was in Xamarin Forms and go from there. Okay. So if they right. pull that off, then all the third-party things and, and controls should work. Um, but you know, it's, it's, we have to see if that actually pans out. Oh, I see. So, so uh, interesting. So rather than, uh, require somebody who's written a third party control to rewrite it using, you know, handlers, they're actually going to try to stick something in there in between the renderer and the handler and just, it'll just work. Yeah, that's hopefully the case. And on the other hand, with the bigger vendors, and I think also like the the open source community projects, they're in talks, they're mm. in direct communication with, because the, the team has always been very open, um, talking Great. with them like, and I mean, all the code is open source, so they can follow yeah. the progress and they can, you know, anticipate on that um, if they want to. do. Interesting. Well, yeah, and I can imagine that the native controls in the new model will be more efficient, mm. but your exist if your existing apps keep working with just a shim, then it, you know, at least you're not punished. Yeah. I, I also got to think by 2022, there'll be some improvements as well. Like the migrations will get easier over time. Mm. Yeah. Hopefully. But All right. Yeah, well, nothing, nothing trivial to do here. Well, uh, you're a witness, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we take a break for this very important message? If you've had automating your ASP.NET deployments on your to-do list, now's a great time to give Octopus Deploy a try. The Starter Edition lets you install Octopus on your own infrastructure and deploy to IIS web servers, Azure websites, and pretty much anything from Node to Kubernetes, and they just made it free for small teams. Give your team a single place to release, deploy, and operate software with Octopus Deploy. Find out more at octopus.com. And we're back. It's .NET Rocks. I'm Richard Campbell. That's Carl Franklin. Yo. And we're talking to Gerald about, uh, I guess, this sort of my, this evolution of Xamarin Forms to Maui. Why are we doing this? Is this about giving us access to more things, not just Android, iOS? That is definitely one of the reasons, I think. 
Um, so as mm-hmm. I've mentioned before, I think, you know, there was also, um, Xamarin was acquired by Microsoft in 2016 from the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was a separate company. So it's always hard to integrate these kinds of things. And as much as I loved Xamarin name and the monkeys and the t-shirts and all the crazy stuff that came with it, it was to be expected that it would be fully incorporated into Microsoft. And I think this is that step. Um, and also, you know, the course that Microsoft is taking with .NET um, and .NET 5 already, like it's going to be one .NET again, uh, regardless right. if you're writing web or desktop or whatever, and now also mobile. Um, so that's going to be the next step. So it's just part of the strategy to, you know, have everything in one .NET and um, that mobile is included in that as well. We've seen from history that Xamarin, uh, let's talk about Xamarin Forms at least. Uh, the main spear points were Android, iOS, UWP also. Uh, but you mm-hmm. see that mm-hmm. Android and iOS is definitely the most popular one. So yeah, automatically also um, that means that they get a little bit more attention. But it has been said that desktop will definitely get more um, effort now as well. So UWP, macOS even, uh, we kind yeah. of get that for free with Mac Catalyst. Um, so yeah, exciting things. Yeah. It does seem like UWP is kind of an orphan. Like it, it it's a, it's been rebooted so many times. I don't think anybody mm-hmm. knows what it is anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we've been looking for this. What's my, uh, I, it's great that I can build something that'll run iOS and Android, both phones and tablets, but what is the windows desktop solution there? And, and I mean, I'd look at folks that have had success with react and view on that more than, in XAML, because the XAML flavors have been so different. I mean, to me, it seems like the biggest thing Maui could do for us is give us a unified XAML, one XAML for to rule them all. Yeah, that is definitely something I've heard before, too. Um, so what I can say mm-hmm. there is that they're talking now because UWP now also has uh, the WinUI thing going on. Uh, and and right. that's happening with .NET MAUI as well. That's going to be built on top of WinUI. Um, and yes, it's definitely... So to be honest, I don't know why the XAML unification is not happening. Um, but yes, that is... They're moving closer to that because we uh, and we being Xamarin Forms had a couple of properties that were named slightly different. Uh, right. And I think that's they're going to uh, make it at least come a little bit closer. I can't promise that it will be exactly the same. Uh, but that is mm-hmm. like, you know, talking about try convert and how hard it will be to convert your examine forms app to .NET MAUI. There will definitely be some breaking changes also in the area with um, uh, the property names and that kind of stuff, which is hopefully, yeah. you know, it's, it's painful at the time that it comes out, but hopefully um, in the long run, it will be better because the naming and that kind of stuff is more clear. I think the original reason was because um, it had a couple of naming things in there that would fit the mobile paradigm better than the desktop one. Um, so, right. yeah. Yeah. Well, it, I mean, it strikes me that it's always better to start with the subset, with the smallest platform and go up than it is to try and cram the big platform down. But architecturally, like you're talking about take the two largest client bases and they're the ones who have to be redone in the new stack. Like Xamarin's only been part of Microsoft since 2016. Windows has been around a little bit longer. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, that being said, I'll include a link to this in the show notes. Like the when you look at the current stuff on WinUI, they're literally calling it Project Reunion. 
Wow. Like, <laughs> That's they, cool. Yeah. This is not subtle. This is, hey, how about we have one XAML? Like, there generally, definitely seems to be an effort towards a common And the interesting XAML. thing is that it has been attempted, right? With, uh, what is it, XAML standard or something they called it? Yeah. The XAML standard, yeah. XAML standard, yeah. Can, can we unpack the difference between, let's say, MAUI and WinUI? What, just remind us what WinUI is or will be. Good you want to take that, Gerald, or you want me to? <laughs> uh, please, you take it, because I'm, to be honest, the WinUI stuff, I'm not that familiar. So, go ahead. Well, we talked to Ryan Demolopoulos. Oh, geez, it's got to be two years ago right. now, or a year and a half ago, about WinUI 3, when it was brand new. They were just getting started. And it came up again talking to Scott Hunter about Maui in the early days right. uh, of Maui, be even before the previews and things came out. Where this was sort of a, we want to define uh, a new UI stack. The big thing that I saw in WinUI that was important back in 2019, we were talking to Ryan, was that they were going to pull it. It used to be that WinUI was shipped with Windows. And, and that had two problems. One is you had to wait for Windows updates to get a new version. But the bigger issue was if you wanted to use those features in your app, you had to make sure that everyone had that version of Windows. So it's really Windows-specific UI uh, controls, if you will, or components, right? Right. Yeah. And that's where they get into the new interfaces. Like, it's very cool. Mm. It's beautiful. Mm. But, you know, f when I put my IT hat on, listen, Mr. Developer, I am not updating the version of Windows 10 in the co in the company because you want to use UI features. Yeah. And so it became That's this huge good. stumbling block. Uh, and so when we talked to Ryan in 2019, they were talking about, hey, we're going to start pulling WinUI out as a separate install, as its own SDK. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't resonate with Windows. But then along comes Maui and says, hey, how about this? We'll put an abstraction over top of WinUI mm -hmm. so that you have a common design language. And yet, your WinUI apps keep working, but you calling down and do it if you work through Maui. Yeah. And now if you want to make a Maui app that targets Windows and Mac desktop, I, I don't know, is Linux desktop in that list as well? But I mean, if you want to do that, you're you're not going to be doing WinUI specific stuff. Maybe you are. I don't know. I know that the, the um, project looks like one solution. And then you have a platforms folder and underneath eat that each platform, uh, and mm -hmm. you have platform specific stuff in there. But I don't know how WinUI kind of, uh, edges itself into a Maui app if it does or if it's just outdated now. I don't know. So I think that's going to follow the same pattern that we've seen now. Like, you know, WinUI is just, or well, .NET Maui is just going to map to, uh, WinUI things. Um, okay. but yeah, that, the, 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 that's an interesting thing that you mentioned there. That's also going to be single project. So now if you look at an yeah. Xamarin Forms application, you have the shared library where you want to have all your code. Uh, but you know, for some things, if we come back to, you know, I need to know something about the platform. There are features that are very specific to iOS name, for instance, Apple Pay. Um, that is, you know, it, it will need custom code for your native platform. Um, so you will right. come back at some point. Um, if you, if you have a little bit of a bigger application or enterprise application, you're going to have to write something that is specific to a platform at some point. Um, 
but yeah, um, uh, with the single project, that's going to be very interesting because, um, like I said, you, you have the shared project right now. And then you basically have kind of like the bootstrap projects for uh, all the heads for Android, iOS, UWP. Um, as to your question for Linux, I don't think that is something that is targeted uh, primarily. Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, but it, the interesting thing is Xamarin Forms has a couple of these um, uh, platforms that are contributed by the community, like WPF, uh, mm-hmm. GDK, mm-hmm. so running on Linux, Tizen, which is very cool. The the Samsung yeah, yeah. Tizen Samsung. Uh, team, yeah. yeah, they're they're very active themselves with like following up uh, PRs for all the bigger features. Uh, so, but I think the primary focus is, like I said, iOS, Android, UWP, and uh, macOS. Um, so that's going to be really cool. But it's now going to be a single project. So uh, like you said, you got, you're going to have all the resources. And that's kind of the big thing in this story, I think. So your images, because if you've built an app, then you know that you have to supply images in all kinds of shapes and forms and then duplicate that times three for all the resolutions and times two mm. for Android and iOS. And well, it's a mess. Um, and yeah. now they, yeah. they have the solution where you can do um, uh, it did from a single project, you just add your images and it, I think it will also even figure out all the resolutions and things that it has to generate. So it will do all that for you. Um, like your fonts, you will just have uh, a single font file in your application. And because of the multi-targeting, um, it will just figure out whenever you say, Hey, I want to run my iOS app. It will take all the bits that's needed for iOS, um, and run that and for Android, et cetera, et cetera. You will just have yeah. that one project, which holds all your code. It's pretty cool. Right. I, I got to say, even <laughs> this far into the conversation, I can't believe I haven't brought it up sooner, but you know, I have a, a, a history with Xamarin forms have been doing it ever since the first version came out. And I uh, have even done workshops in Xamarin Forms, hands-on workshops in, in, uh, at Dev Intersection and other places. And uh, every time that I would, you know, okay, it's time to spin up. It's been about six months. I'll spin up Visual Studio and try to build the Xamarin Forms app for a while there. <laughs> oh, for a while it was so painful. Yep. You know, uh, it was like uh, it, that when we did a workshop – the first half of the day was dedicated to getting everybody working to Hello World. Yeah. And the second half, once we, ha- once we got there, it was smooth sailing. So, th- I got to say, the experience, the out-of-the-box experience of Xamarin today is awesome. Everything just works. And you guys, I don't know if you personally have, but you know, Microsoft has done a great job of making sure that that out of the box hello world experience is fantastic. And you know, a lot of moving parts, man. Xamarin is probably the biggest abstraction network tree uh, in the whole of .NET. I mean, there's a lot of dependencies, right? And so um, that's yeah. So I'll, I'll I'll say thank you on behalf of Microsoft. Well, that's maybe a bit big, but at least the, the Xamarin Forms team. Um, but yeah, and that's something that they've really tried to to do because I think if you've ever tried it in the early days, then this is definitely right. the biggest pain that you had. Every update of Xamarin Forms would cause issues you would have and again you would come back to you know i don't want to be that platform expert i want that abstraction but you would have to dig through all kinds of java and objective c um, scary things 
Um, yeah. And yeah, whenever you got there, then it was it was smooth sailing, like you said. Uh, but yeah, that has been so much better. I think the cutoff point was was kind of version three point five or something, where it yeah. got better with each release, and now uh, yeah. we're up to five. And also, that's I think the most complete one with a lot of new controls added that a lot of people were waiting for. Um, right. So yeah, that that was definitely something that um, um, was was uh, a yeah. big pain point, but that's now solved. So, listeners, get over your old pain and pull it out and just try it again because it's, <laughs> it's good. It's really good, a great experience now. You know, I was thinking about – because it's all open source. There's no question that you could make a Linux desktop version of .NET MAUI. Not that Microsoft's committed to it at all, but there's no reason they couldn't. The question is which desktop. Like, pick one. Yeah. There's there's a bunch, right? KDE, GNOME, like the, there's a few. Uh, it, Let's face it, people don't use Linux for the for the UI, you know. They use yeah the, for the, de- the desktop side, and yet there's there's a there are a bunch of them. There so are. if somebody's yep. out there, if they needed that, they, it's totally doable. Mm-hmm. And it, the whole point of the .NET Maui abstraction is that it should be reasonable to have a, a common set of interfaces that. You know, if you're going to Windows, yeah, it's going to call through WinUI. Yeah. But if you're going to go to Mac OS, there'll be a different layer there. Mm. And there could be a different layer for KDE. Yeah. It's 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 interesting. I'm just fascinated at this idea of kind of bringing back the client. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been living where the in a world where the client, especially for corporate apps, has been the browser. Yep. And still is so, the default, you know. You know? Yeah. And, and does it make sense if we have this unified em- environment to to have a native client deployed? Well, that's, that's of course, again. another route that's going to be very interesting because there's also been since a little while the, how do they call it? Blizzard, bl- well, not that. Blazor mobile bindings, I think. Yep. Where right. you can write Blazor. So kind of like in an electron way where you can write Blazor mm-hmm. apps. Uh, which is then wrapped inside, well, all the things Xamarin forms basically because it's very close to that right. space or .NET MAUI then. Um, and that's, that's absolute magic. I don't even know how they pull that off because it also has like integration with the native bit. So you will have a Blazor WebView is what they call it. I think that's where you yep. write all your Blazor stuff. Uh, but you can just as easily reference some, um, element outside of that web view and it will increment all the values there. And that's, that's just right. true magic. So that could be another route and so that's that's for xamarin forms now but they're taking that whole idea and putting it into maui so if you want to build a maui app you can either use for the ui layer you can use the new maui xaml i don't know what is it it's called something else right i don't know or is it is just it, maui is there XAML? an official name it's just XAML. i don't know i think <laughs> I don't, mammal let's call it mammal, right? mammal. <laughs> no, no 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 um uh so you can either use that or you could use the blazer model the the blazer component model is wonderful especially for binding mm-hmm. like there's a whole bunch of stuff that you don't you know you don't have to call um property changed all the time like the 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 changes bubble up nicely um, it, it's, it's really going to be very interesting once I get my hands on that. I can't wait. And it's interesting that you noticed the, the mentioned the property change because that's also something like, 
I think that was another thing, another big point why they wanted to change the architecture because it's now very much yeah. tied to the MVVM pattern, uh, which yeah, is, you know, right. kind of how Microsoft does its things. But there's a mm-hmm. big call from like, you know, the other side, like the flutters of this world or um, um, the likes of that with like MVU. And I think the purists yeah. will not think it's MVU, but uh, you have an initiative called Comet, which is, you know, does it more like composing your UI in code. You can do that today, but it's mm-hmm. I, I don't really like it. Um, and so, you know, the, the new architecture kind of not uh, ties it so much to MVVM or some kind of pattern. It can be MVU, it can be MVVU, it can be some kind of fluency sharp syntax, um, whatever you want. And also, you know, it opens up the door to um, more kind of other backing um, mechanisms like you know not just draw it by a native but maybe also get some drawing library in there like Skia Sharp um, and mm-hmm. even draw all the controls which is not something I before people go out and say like this is awesome that's not something that is on the roadmap right now at least um, again might, might be something that's picked up by the community uh, but it, this new architecture definitely opens up this whole new world of um, these kinds of things there's also another one and I don't know did you mention it it's uh, and I can't remember the name off the top of my head but it's a C sharp UI essentially you define all of the code with C sharp did you mention that I didn't mention it but that was what I was hinting on with the fluent UI syntax yeah 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 wow cool stuff Anything else that we need to know? Uh, no, go check it out. Like like you already said, like <laughs> it's <laughs> it's you know the most stable and complete version right now. So that's uh, actually maybe let's let's end on that one. Um, yeah, an- another go do story. It now. Yes, the go do it now definitely because another question that we get like to get our linked with like is Xamarin.Forms dead? Should I now invest in Xamarin.Forms uh, learning that while .NET MAUI is on the way? Yeah. Uh, yes, definitely go do that, yeah. please. Because I hope if you've listened to the rest of the show that um, definitely there will be changes between Xamarin.Forms and .NET MAUI. But mm-hmm. 80, 90% of all the things that you will learn today with Xamarin.Forms is applicable to .NET MAUI. So that will not be an investment. Yeah. Going I guess my question would be, you know, given I only have so many learning hours, am I better off learning Xamarin Forms 5 or Maui Preview? Ooh, that's mm, interesting. That's right? interesting. I do Xamarin Forms. We have this preview bits and you, it's not like they're open source. You can ship them if you want. Absolutely. Yeah, so, right? It's not like they don't, have, they need a go live license or anything. Yeah, no, that's, and I, I think this question kind of depends on where you see yourself as a developer. If you are starting out with this stuff and you, you know, want a full solution and, and see all how the bits pack together and how it all works. Mm-hmm. I think you should go examine forms because that is a complete I solution. Agree. That is a solution that works. Um, you can, you know, safely assume that, um, which is going to sound a bit harsh, but that it's you and not them. Whenever something goes wrong, right, uh, right. and with the That's preview important. bits, then you know it. It could be anything, right? Um, so if yeah. you know what you're doing, well, the main thing is it can be it could be you or, or them, it yeah, could be this, like and mo- most likely <laughs> yeah. both, yeah, exactly. Right. So, but you know, and if you know what you're doing, if you are a seasoned Xamarin developer, well, then you don't need to learn it. Uh, but if you're like a more of a seasoned developer, then um, definitely go check out .NET Maui and you can follow. <clears throat> so if, if I'm going to summarize what you just said there, Gerald, it's you will be less frustrated as a learner with Xamarin Forms yep. 5 yep. than you will be with the preview 2 of .NET 6 with Maui. At this point in time, I would think so, yes. Yeah, 
Yeah. I mean, this, this will change by presumably by November, if not sooner. But at this particular moment, it still makes sense to, to put your time into Xamarin. Yeah. Forms. Yeah. So uh, right. the, I think everything has been etched out in .NET 6 preview 2, .NET MAUI preview 2. Uh, but, you know, a lot mm. is still missing because they're now just making headway with all implementing all the things. Uh, and I think right. they're planning to release a preview each month. So from now until November, that's going to be six or seven more. Um, so, you know, each one will bring you more and will make you happier. Yeah. But uh, yeah. But if you actually needed to ship an app, you know, I remember mm-hmm. us building apps for Humanitarian Toolbox on the betas of .NET Core. And every build, and I think there was eight of them, broke everything. It just took time. It wasn't dramatic breaks, but it's like you have to stop what you're yeah. doing, can't build any features while you go through and figure out what has changed and correct it all. And you would go through that same experience with the preview versions of .NET yeah. 6. Like it's not going to be easy. You'll spend as much time dealing with the next preview as you will building. Yes. And, you know, that can be very valuable. And if you do that, please provide feedback back to the team like, hey, this is happening. This is my vision, how you can make it better. But you will have to have that mindset that I'm building with preview bits. So things are going to break. Yeah. Yeah. Communicate with you with the powers that be about this is why it's taking a while. Right. Like. You can't. You cannot create a delivery date on preview bits. You don't know what's going to happen. Yep. Well, uh, on that, I think we'll wrap it up, Gerald. It's been great talking to you, and man, we can come back and talk about anything you want anytime. It's it's a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. It's uh, it's been a pleasure being here, and I'll be happy to be be back anytime. So let me know. All right, and we'll catch you next time on .NET Rocks. .NET Rocks is brought to you by Franklin's Net and produced by Pwop Studios, a full-service audio, video, and post-production facility located physically in New London, Connecticut, and, of course, in the cloud. Online at pwop.com. Visit our website at dotnetrocks.com for RSS feeds, downloads, mobile apps, comments, and access to the full archives going back to show number one, recorded in September 2002. And make sure you check out our sponsors. They keep us in business. Now go write some code. See you next time. Got a transmitter band by the FCC.